0: Hey, how's it going? Welcome back to This Way Out. It's been a while. This is going to be my first episode in, in, in quite a while. And I'm going to be having a conversation with a friend of mine, uh, David Bennett. Um, I'm going to preface this episode uh, with this little message because I feel like we're going to be covering some um, some conversations some topic points that might be considered, I don't know, controversial, um, poignant... Tumultuous, considering the current climate that exists um, in the country, right? I know that I said when I started this project that I did not want to make this this uh, project about politics, and I don't necessarily believe that we're doing that in this episode. the 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 thing that I, I definitely want to put out there are in the topics that we discuss. You know, there we come up short of of getting into really a whole lot of details Um, and and some of that has to do because we don't have necessarily all the information and we can't necessarily speak to every topic intelligently. All we can do is provide our point of view, which is something that we mentioned quite a bit in the episode. Really the main point that I want to put out there um, as a goal for this one uh, interview is that people with differing opinions can have conversations amicable um, mature discussions over the various topics that exist in the country and the world today and um, you know people who with differing opinions don't have to see eye to eye on everything and there's a way to navigate those conversations and I'm hoping that in this interview we're able to demonstrate that um, we're able to demonstrate that well enough that it can maybe provide some assistance for people who, who, who watch it later. Okay. So just the, you know, just some points definitely is that, you know, it, there's 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 a little bit of political discussion. Um, not much, I you know, not much. I, I try very hard not to make this a, a political project um, or a project based on political ideals or ideologies and stuff like that. Try to make it as neutral as possible. Um, uh, but we do go into some stuff. Uh, we come up short in a, in in a, in a few areas, and you know some of that is by design. Some of that is due to because we don't we don't really have all the information to be able to discuss in any depth. You know certain points of view and stuff like that. So I, I just put that out there, just so you know. With your you the viewer, um, uh, keep that awareness. Keep that in the back of your mind uh, as you watch the episode. But I'm, I'm I'm very grateful that you tuned in this one go around, and um, I hope that. You enjoy the episode and that you uh, consider subscribing, liking, commenting, sharing, all that stuff, you know, that, that comes at the end. So, thank you very much. Here's the episode. Hello, and welcome to the This Way Out podcast, a part of the This Way Out project. My name is Miguel Mata, and I would like to personally thank you for tuning in today to share some of your valuable time. This podcast is all about being a source of positive energy and messages. Here, I try to help those struggling with issues that can weigh heavily on the mind and make the world we live in seem like a dark and impossible place. I do this by sharing advice from personal experience, through stories from ordinary people who have overcome their own challenges, and other uplifting stories to help shed some light on the world we live in. In the end, my mission is to support you and help you feel better about yourself and your surroundings. All I'm asking for is a chance. Let's get started. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back to This Way Out. It's been a while, it's been a while. We've all been busy, I've got school. My guest today, Mr. David Bennett, he's got school. We've got lives, things are going on. <laughs> but luckily, my friend David Bennett here was was uh, kind enough to sit down with me so we could record another episode he and I had a conversation not too long ago and I'd like to explore that a little bit on this on this platform but before we do that before we get there I want to give my guest David a chance to introduce himself so I've already introduced him David Mr. David Bennett David thanks for uh, joining us buddy yeah no problem so where are you at right now
1: uh, so I am in my uh, my hometown of Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington.
0: It's uh, Vancouver. about
1: 20, 20 minutes from Portland. So Ooh. up in the, up in the northwest. Yeah, I remember being a kid and having to explain to people that I was not from Canada and I was not from the nation's capital. <laughs> um, so, it gets but you grew big. up there, there in Vancouver. Yep, yep. I grew up in uh, Vancouver. So I was I was born in Albuquerque actually, and then six months later parents got out of the service up to Vancouver. Uh, Spent my 18 years prior to the Air Force here. Uh, Did your typical, I mean, it's not a small town, did your typical high school stuff, child rearing, and uh, joined joined the Air Force after uh, 11 year old me got to watch 9-11 and said, I'm gonna do something about that. And uh, joined the Air Force, went in, actually went in as Explosive Ordnance Disposal I did about a third of the way into that. Failed out. That's neither here nor there. Probably for the best. Um, got uh got reclassified as a uh, aircraft electrical environmental. Needs the service come mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so they they told me what to do in that one, it turned out to be pretty good. Learned how to turn a wrench, learned how to rewiring schematics. It uh it was a good experience. Got to meet uh that's where we we met up is in Albuquerque, that was the first first duty station after tech school. Spent some time there, went to uh, went to Travis and then got medically retired on some uh, knee knee injuries. So I got medically separated, not retired. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you, you had to get medically
0: separated Yeah, because, you know, I really think, honestly, truly and honestly, you know, the time that we spent together in Kirtland there in Albuquerque, I, I thought you had Tons of potential, and i mean, uh, mili- from the from the military standpoint, from the airport standpoint, tons yeah. of potential. Tons of potential. It looked like you had a, a bright, bright future ahead of you. Unfortunately, you know, it it wouldn't work out that way. But I'd say, you know, you know, the life didn't end there when you separated oh, no. from the military. What would you go on to do? Uh,
1: so I uh, I got out, came back home uh home being vancouver washington and uh went back to school originally wanted to go in for uh civil engineering i took one class in civil engineering and decided i did not like the company of engineers Uh, and luckily i uh i got hooked into a introductory chemistry course and uh fell in love with the topic and now i'm going into my third year of chemistry work and i uh I work in a physics lab currently. We're working on synthesizing high temperature superconductors and trying to uh, maneuver myself into a graduate program over at uh, Iowa State University. So we'll see how that works. Yeah, then the goal is to get into like R&D and materials engineering. Uh, Ideally, it'd be nice to get a room temperature superconductor, but that's kind of everybody's goal. Uh, So it's just another rat in the rat race at that point of getting getting to that point right as long as you can uh i get a lot of fulfillment on doing research and stuff like that so i uh kind of harkens back to our cv 22 days when you uh do a lot of spinning your wheels and not a lot of a lot of progress (laughs) eventually you figure out what's wrong and it's it's that epiphany and that hit of uh of dopamine that keeps you going right
0: so those not of the military background or of the Air Force background, CV-22 was the airframe that we worked. The tilt, the CV-22 Osprey tilt rotor aircraft. And yes, there was in those days quite a bit of spinning tires and frustration with engineering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but that's cool, though, man. I mean, that's that's really, really neat. Did you just? I'm just out of curiosity. Did you have like an interest in that? Did you like when you were a kid in high school and that sort of stuff? Did you have like, was science a strong point for you?
1: Uh, I failed my uh, two physics classes <laughs> in, in high school. Um, I didn't. So I didn't like school in high school for the most part. Yeah. Uh, okay. So after the fact, um, kind of trying to pursue why I have difficulty. Like I, I get lost reading a lot of times. So I'll read along and I'll just. I'll read the same paragraph over and over and over and over mm-hmm. because I can't pay attention long enough to get through the paragraph. They get it down wrote, downloaded into my brain. Um, so I finally got tired of it. And I went and I talked to my doctor about it. And rounds about got back to a psychologist or somebody like that. He, he said that he didn't, he's, he said that he doesn't think I have ADD. But he gave me the medication that they give for people for ADD. Mm-hmm. And it's like a night and day difference. Like I can read books now. Um, I could remember stuff, right. um, so my ability to uh, comprehend and apply information is off the chart compared to where I was. Um, but same. no, like I, I, didn't really, I really didn't have a. I mean, I've always been interested in like physics and stuff like that because I've always like liked the idea of uh, trebuchets and stuff. When I was a kid, so as you go through and you have all the ballistics and stuff like that, and like how how heavy and how far it can you throw this thing right and that all boils down to knowing the right math and, and physics and stuff like that
0: so as far as like the material and the subject matter and the um, you know just the just the overall uh your overall feeling about the path that you're
1: on is does it feel pretty good how how are you feeling about that are oh, you yeah excited? I, I i i really excited um so it's 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 been it's definitely been a journey you have to sit there and say well i have to go into this field i don't know what sort of job I'm going to do with this thing. Like there's a bunch of like university jobs and there's, I mean, it's, it's a relatively competitive field to be completely honest. So that's something that I have to worry about down the road. But every time I try to wiggle off that path, it's a, like, Nope, this one, go, go down this, stop, stop, You're go, go this way. Uh, so that's, uh, it's been good, man. I mean, it's just a bunch of doors open. Um, I know that what, what I've been actually really fortunate to get into a program um, at Portland State University called Build Um It's a NH- NIH, so National Institute of Health, has uh, sponsored this program to take a bunch of um, minority students. So first generation, uh, people of color, different orientations, stuff like that. Um, and they basically put them into a lab. Um, they put them into a research environment for like a year and a half. Uh, and it culminates over a summer, and they, uh, at the end you do a scientific presentation. I just I just got done with mine, um, so yeah, that's that's been. Anything you, you did? Did you? Was it for a grade, or was it? Oh some no, feedback. No, this here? is this is all just it's it's showing the, the the main goal of Exodo, and the best way that I can surmise it, and I don't know the the technicalities behind it for the as far as what the NIH is looking for, but. We do like uh, CVs, search of or something like that, that basically breaks down all your scientific research, teach you how to write those things, search you how to write scientific grants, things like that. Just kind of fill in that gap between um, people who have never been in this situation versus people who get to, uh, people that have come from like those lines and have access to those things. It's basically just giving people. It's opening a door for people to walk in, and for them to put in put in the grit to get into those fields. Yeah,
0: that's cool. So.
1: Get you get you in a way, kind of a little bit of OJT, eh? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's so it's it's taken in being like, okay, how do we identify our research topic? How do we research those things, and then how do we design an experiment to prove what? we're gonna do like in that like outside of like a high school thing like well what happens when you put vinegar and baking soda together no it's a little more complicated than that
0: the main reason why i wanted to invite you onto this um onto my platform onto this project was because of um a conversation that you opened up with me like a month or so ago and um you know going down this path to have this conversation kind of goes against a, in a way a little bit my intent for starting this this project which was or not necessarily the intent but one of the rules that I had, the un, the rules I had set for myself which is I didn't really want to talk politics right yeah. and it, and to I think if we had to be honest we're not necessarily talking politics here we're not talking about well, I
1: agree. I, don't think
0: it's yeah, political. I don't think we're talking necessarily talking politics, but, um, you know, but if it goes that, if it goes that way, then it goes that way. We'll navigate that. However, however it works out, but you, you opened up a conversation to me not too long ago about, um, about identity, right? Yep. Your, your identity. I don't know if you remember, ex- remember a roundabout way, what you, you know, what oh, you yeah. asked, but if you wouldn't mind,
1: would you mind sharing that that thought that you had? Yeah. So, I mean, I just lead off with just just to set the stage is that the First amendment's really important to me. Um, just so every just because I don't share the same viewpoint doesn't mean that I don't acknowledge and can accept someone else's viewpoint at the same time. Um, I think with especially with the kind of the the catalyst for the powder keg of uh, the aftermath of. George Floyd's death. Um, it, asked, it it kind of threw gasoline on this whole fire of uh, oppressors and things like that. And how, um, yeah, I don't know if you want to lump systematic racism in there or whatnot. Uh, but then you start, it, it opens the conversation for all of the quote unquote social justice talking points. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of those things is that often, more often than not, me being about 30 years old, uh, being a Caucasian white male who lives in a single family home, like I, 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 I'm I, pretty much the boilerplate for what people consider white privilege and, and that oppressor class. Right. Um, but I, I, I'd like to think that us having a, a civil dialogue here um, as, as two men, or two, two human beings having, that don't agree on everything is Kind of contrary to that, that idea. Like, I, I, I hope that you know me well enough that I don't. I, I would go out of my way to make sure that someone, no matter of what they looked like or what they what they thought, especially if they thought other than me, I would definitely give them a platform to speak what they thought. I
0: truly, I truly believe that. I truly believe that. And as a matter of fact, you know, I, I think, I think it, it should also be said that, you know, you know, since we're once again we're setting the stage, you know, I don't think anybody who watches this right they have to understand that your 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 viewpoints your perspective and your opinions are yours alone you can't be expected to represent a group of people honestly, and you can't be expected to represent an ideology or anything like that so that being said you know uh, for and for anybody who's watching you know david and i have worked together on 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 charity functions uh he supported my family I, i have i have kids with special needs he has he has a brother with special needs you know we we come from families who have autistic family members you know and um you know we've supported each other in that respect so i i respect where you come from and your perspective on on pretty much on any matter you know although we may not necessarily agree 100 percent on everything i think Mm -hmm. it's it's an important point to make that especially in in today's climate that it's important that um, it's important that people understand that that's not oh, yeah. it's not necessity to be on the same page on everything it's oh, yeah. okay to be on separate pages but we can yeah. still get along we can still we, we can still be good people to each other you know <laughs> oh yeah.
1: yeah yeah and I, I, I to believe that and I, yeah. I and some of the the experiences that I've had that have led me to feel so defensive on this sort of um, like terms like white privilege or like oppressor or stuff like that was kind of a bad experience that I had going into um going into university Um, they had a had us in a bunch of uh they put us in a big room and they started listing off different um different categories basically to list yourself in so they're like they asked about your orientation on whether or not you were heterosexual uh homosexual asexual Um, and then they look they there's like a preferred group and uh, a slightly oppressed group and then fully oppressed group uh, whether or not you're able-bodied or slightly disabled or fully disabled, uh, white, Latino, Jewish, just kind of all those different categories and it's like lined up boom, 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 boom down the line like you're the privileged um, boogeyman of why everything's wrong in society. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't, you can't, I mean, you can't, you can put a cover on a book but you can't me the contents of it by looking at it right like i'm not i i am certainly not a bigoted person like i'm i'm sympathetic to just dis- discrimination and i'm sympathetic to like I, it's um i mean i've heard ben shapiro say it a, bit, a bunch of times like if you can show me someone being racist and discriminating someone show me that person and let's go take care of them together right right yeah um it's just one of those things like it's i i am so I'm so fatigued and so tired of having to um, be associated with this. Um, it's a stigma. Yeah, stigma. That's that's what it is. I mean, and it's, to be fair, like you could argue that that's what they're trying to address with other other groups. Um, and I, I think what we, we've talked about this, I know, and other things is that I, I fullheartedly believe that you you don't get to pick where you start in life. Um, and you don't get to pick the cards that you're dealt. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing. I, I full heartedly believe that if you put your heart and soul into something, um, you can get to where you want to get to go. Right. Um, and I don't, I, I think that there there are genuinely are practices um, uh, that were put in place at some times that we still feel the echoes in the scars of uh, that need to get That need to get addressed but that at the same time like i feel like we've gone leaps and bounds from where those things were accurately set up to where we are now um i don't know man yeah um so i would I,
0: i i agree i agree with you i agree with you and i think the part that really grasped my attention with when you when you opened up this conversation with me a while back is that you know um You know, these are these are feelings that you're that you're experiencing. These are your thoughts. And I thought to myself, you know, this is a friend of mine. You know, this is a friend of mine and I know him to be a genuinely good person. Right. And for for him, for you to have these feelings of, you know, of these feelings of you know, asking yourself these questions. How do you, how do you shed this identity? How do you, how do you alter this identity? Whatever, right? Shed this oppressor, quote unquote, oppressor identity. Um, For you to have those feelings and for you to have those conscious thoughts, it got my attention because I'm thinking to myself, you know, there really is this, 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 the climate, the current climate really is impacting um, kind of, kind of, sort of, in a roundabout way to quote the president: "Good people on both sides." Now, when he used that quote, I don't necessarily think it was. It was not. It was not a well placed. Nope. It was not a well placed comment. I, I
1: will. I will never applaud our president on his ability to use <laughs> tact. Uh, but, but th- th- that's a conversation for another time, right? In the but in but in in
0: its I think in its truest in its truest form of of the statement. In today's climate, there really are, when you talk about the, the quote unquote, oppressor, oppressed, the racial, the racial um, tensions that appear to be increasing. um, There really are good people on both sides that are being uh, impacted, not just, not, not just actually, but, but, you know, emotionally, mentally, psychologically, you know, and to me that the, just for you to send that message to me and open that conversation to me that was evidence to me that good people yourself and others are experiencing you know experiencing some once again in your words i guess some mental fatigue with regards to like the race with regard to like racial tensions you know there are there are things that exist there are quote-unquote systematic things exist there are there are environments that exist where people, people of especially people of color, especially black people, they don't um, they don't get the same starting point, like you said. But oh, yeah. I I I tend to agree with you that with the proper support, with the proper support, um, anything is possible for anyone. Um, where where it kind of gets grayed out a little bit, though, you know. And this is just this is my this is myself talking. From the, from the way I look at it, and I th- I think you would agree, you know where it kind of gets grayed out is that, you know it's 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 like the the whole the whole this whole uh, issue and this whole thing as a whole is very complex, and there are no pretty little boxes that you can put a fix right a fix on. You can't say well if so and so and so and so did this, then right or if blah, 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 then I'll give you an example. So th- what gets thrown around a lot is, well, if you worked a little harder, blah, 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 right? Oh right? Yeah. And to that, I always, I respond with, well, you know, I could take you to quite a few projects that, that exist right here in Charleston and we can knock door to door <laughs> to every one of these households. And we can say that very same statement to every one of those people that are running their homes, you know, running their houses. And I almost—I would almost guarantee you that, you know, arguments and firearms aside, right? Yeah. <laughs> Most of these people are working their pants off, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that—that um, that response, the working—if you worked harder, blah blah blah. It's—it's um, it's not a blanket fix all, you know. And no. for you, I think you understand that as an intellectual but i would say that there are a lot of there are a lot of people out there who don't necessarily understand either whether whether they don't understand due to ignorance or they don't understand due to negligence they don't under, they don't understand just how complex these you know situations
1: are yeah so i actually it was a huge I didn't particularly agree with everything that I heard in the class, which is how you should approach most things, but I took a criminology class and really opened my eyes um, to the opportunities that people have in, like the projects, was about Compton and other things. And it's like, I've, I I never even considered it a, I always considered if you had to sell drugs that that was something that you chose to do. Uh, But I put myself in that situation, like if I didn't have a job, if I, if I was working some minimum wage job and I couldn't put food on the family and I had the opportunity to either A starve or B go sell crystal meth like to feed my kids and my family and to keep a roof in my head like you bet my butt I'll be out there to Walter White and that stuff. Uh yeah. I, I think that I think that a lot of it is is there's a lot of ignorance that gets played into it. Right. Um, I think that there's it's 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 like you said, like there's there's it's it's a big it's a big knotted mess. Like you pull out one knot right. that makes three more. Right. Um, and I think that people more often than not want to take the easy route of saying, well, we're just not going to deal with the knot. We're just going to deal with that big ball of knots. And like, that's fine. We'll just deal with it. Yeah, Um, It's not equitable. I mean, that's not, that's not what our country's made of. Right. Right. I'm a a big, I'm a a big proponent that if you put enough jobs into the economy and you let people just, just from my my point of view, if you give people opportunity to excel, they will. Right. Um, I, I think that there's certain there definitely needs to be some sort of, of government interaction in that whole thing um, but I also think that as long as you foster an environment that allows uh, people to be employed gainfully employed right. um, that that people will prosper like the people who who are working their tail off will, will get into those jobs that will that will right. make it so that they don't have to do things right
0: that and, they, and, they, w- you know, they wouldn't
1: necessarily agree with.
0: In fairness, you know, and once again, you know, I talk about like support systems and stuff like that. You know, support systems—we're um, talking about family, community, that sort of stuff. You know, they—they don't necessarily exist in prominence in a lot of in in every corner of America, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's another another gray area that, that 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 exists where that that's another gray area that exists that if you know if someone tries to throw out one of those wet noodle responses and hope it sticks on the wall. It doesn't it doesn't apply. That's probably a terrible analogy, but it's (laughs) you know what I mean? It's just there's no there's no there's no no clear cut fix or no clear cut response that applies to every situation or this entire situation. What it requires is kinda like what you're doing what you and I are doing right now, requires conversation. It requires conversation. And, you know, if I could say if I could be you know but but to go back to my point when I talk about like Uh, support systems um you know in i can only speak to my family in my family there was a um a a big focus on investing in the next generation does that make sense oh yeah like you invest in the next generation and then push them in a direction and 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 guide them and well and, and quite literally push like like almost physically, you know, physically abused yeah. gotcha. <laughs> at that, the little extreme. And I am exaggerating a little bit. But, you know, I mean, there's a there's a genuine and there's there's a and not to say that there isn't in in all families and all in all circles, but I but I, I tend to believe that maybe there might not be enough focus on or maybe there might not be enough priority on investing in future generations and specifically what i'm talking about is the mentality that i think exists in this country especially which is the immediate gratification mentality right Mm -hmm. i gotta have i me have to have it whatever it is now and i am the priority and i really think that if and this is where this kind of kind of this platform comes into play where you know, if we if we kind of invested in each other, and if we especially invested in the next generation, we would probably find see a lot of steps in a direction that we can all be proud of. You know what I mean? But um, once again, we're, there are a lot of gray areas in that in that explanation. There's a lot of gray areas in that in that idea. But to put a, a, a long a long bow on it, I, I tend to believe that there's maybe there's not enough focus on investing in the next generation and not enough support systems in place either to ensure that those next generations are taking the, taking the, the, the next step in a positive direction.
1: I, I will really agree with that. I think, um, I had, had a conversation with my, my mother-in-law about this earlier too, is I think that, I think the world, would, our, our country, would benefit a lot if we all had a common ground to come from. I think one of the reasons the Air Force and military branches, in general, has uh, has the camaraderie, is that, that everyone who goes through basic training, or, or OTS. Everyone has that that common period of time in their life where they were all equal at some point or another time. Um, whether or not you came from a you had a trust fund or a hundred million dollars in the bank, or you came in with the fifty cents in your pocket, like. You are all equally, all equally worthless. As soon as you put your, <laughs> as soon as you line up behind those yellow dots or put your feet on the yellow footprints, like you're all you're all equal in that point in time. Um, and then you can all harken back to that point in time where you all can say that I went through the this same, this same experience. Um, and I think it's hard. I think it's hard to invest in 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 kids when, especially if you're if you're a single mom, you have three kids, you got to work two jobs. Like how yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't blame them. You, you put. You can say that, oh, well, if I was in that position, I'd, I'd always go out for my kids. Like, okay, you go, you work, go work, seven, 16-hour shifts in a week. Yeah. And make sure your kids have food and all that other stuff. And then sit down and do their homework and keep the house and all that other stuff that's statistically proven to make sure that children grow up. Yeah.
0: I'm kind of referring to, like, back home, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. There used to be this community center that was open. And all of us kids used to hang out there. We didn't have anything better to do, right? Yeah. little little, It wasn't necessarily Podunk, but little town, West Texas town. And for the most part, all the boys, especially, because it was a boys club, but the boys went there, and it was our way of staying out of trouble. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, that community center closed a long time ago. And since it it may not be the one reason, but I I definitely – Consider it a reason that our hometown back home has really gone to crap. I, I I tend to believe that if we if we invested in stuff like that, we would keep community centers open and running, and keep kids occupied off the street, out of out of the the exposure of of the other criminal element that exists or bad influence let's say it just that way Bad influence because it doesn't necessarily yeah. have a criminal element but if we kept our kids off the off the streets and not exposed to the to that to the bad stuff right yeah then maybe there might be some hope for the future in that respect but it's one I, idea
1: yeah i I, <laughs> I completely agree with that i think that um i mean i i kind of can compare myself to my my wife comes from a really small town in winslow winslow arizona uh, and they have a really small, uh, really small group of kids. I'm like you can, you can, she can name everybody that was in her graduating class. I Great. came from a graduating class of almost a thousand kids. I knew maybe a fraction of them. Like, I, mean, I think uh, the high school I graduated from is like was like the third largest in the state. Um, and like it's it's it, it's so easy to become a number in the public. The, the public ed- education system when you get into numbers that big. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that there's there's a huge lack of, of positive role models. Um, I mean, and I, I, I I think that it could be, you could go a long way by investing into the public education system um, and being able to make sure that they can run those after school things. Right. Um, and that they do have um, a core of of teachers or volunteers or whatnot that go through and make sure that those things are, are there. Um, yeah. I mean, that's another, another silver soap that you can go down to they're not what, what should be taught in public school or not. But I think right. the, the big thing is, is that you should have, you need to have those programs in that place for your, your, you need to be like, it's, it's, I've heard you talk about this on your show multiple times is having your tribe, your people, uh, you need, the kids need to be able to know that they have people in their lives Uh, And I always
0: come back to, I know, I I hope it's understood. I understand that there are a ton of gray areas. People are trying real hard. And I remember having a conversation with someone, as a matter of fact, not too long ago. And his his words are popping into my head when he talked about, he talked about, you know, cautioning people. This guy, um, his name is CW. I think he's going to be on my show soon. A black gentleman who grew up, he was, he was the product of, of, um, desegregation you know and talk about he, he, he's, he's the guy's fantastic retired chief massage hmm. and uh, but he talked about cautioning the idea that this of the assumption that black people especially come from broken homes right yep um he's like the co- the family unit just works differently right so I I definitely operate under that with that understanding you know what I'm speaking to is one. Once again, is, is the gray is the are those gray areas that people aren't. And then maybe it's not necessarily gray areas. You can talk about the. You can say the reality, the reality that exists that that can't be that the the, the realities that exist that take away from the validity of a statement that of something like like you got to work. You got just
1: got to work harder. You know <laughs> that yeah. sort of stuff. Just like it never occurred to anybody <laughs> yeah I feel like that's a new one novel concept <laughs> yeah okay
0: so you know i'm going to speak in political terms here i'm going to speak in political terms here but generally speaking as, and as as i understand it the university environment the higher education environment universities colleges etc heavy liberal type of thing right yeah okay and and the and the thinking that comes along with that it's not bad i'm not saying it's bad because i don't i don't consider myself as having a a political affiliation but i'm just saying that there are there are um let me say it this way there are attitudes that exist on these campuses that that are grounded in 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 politics and we'll i'm just going to say liberal politics um, that can be pretty harsh man like these these kids who don't know any better they stand their ground on stuff they don't know what they're talking about and they get they can get pretty ugly I think I know the answer to this question but have you experienced any kind of like quote unquote abuse or have to had any awkward conversations or real conversations you know just because like you said you're you're the you're the demographic of of people who are the quote- unquote oppressor
1: no oh. Okay. Um. But I, I know that you know this of me. I'm a very quiet and reserved individual. I, I, I subscribe fully to the Teddy Roosevelt quote of speak softly and carry a big stick. Um, so and the other thing that you need to remember is Portland's kind of a monoculture mono, mono for this liberal. And there's, there's a lot of openly socialist and, and communist um, proving people. Um, and they are, are very vocal and very proud about it. So you have PSU, you have um, Lewis and Clark, you have all those kind of Reed College. Uh, all those all those places are kind of this uh, this stronghold and this this hotbed for this uh, social justice or liberal attitude. But at the same time, like I can I I can definitely see that it's happened recently. Uh, people being attacked for uh, having certain political affiliations or believing what they believe. You um, witnessed me, it? Um, I've seen video evidence of it from both sides of the line. Um, oh. I, I try to stay away from those things mm-hmm. as far as often because I know that it's not a good place for me to be operating so now, in. this is on your campus? Um on campus or just in Portland in general. Oh, so okay. I mean if, if you wanted if you wanted to back it back down into uh, university level. Uh, um the only time that I have been quote unquote received any sort of like you're a bad person type and, and even if that that was a mild and it was not their intention at all. On a to preface it with that is this way that I I took away from the scenario uh, is that one time uh, during the, the kind of induction type, you established pronouns, which is neither here nor there. Mm. Uh, it's, it's one of those things, that, it's another one of those things like well, if I show up and I don't say that I am, if if I want to establish myself as a heterosexual white male with the pronouns he, his, him, what I, I'm basically saying that here I am, I'm, uh, I'm the, I'm, I'm the boogeyman. <laughs> man, um, or at least that's how I feel about going to it. Whether that, that's their, their intention or not, that's that's my perception of the situation right. um, if, if when I'm when I'm being asked for those things. Right. And and nine times out of ten, like there's not any malice behind it. Uh, and it genuinely, they're trying to include people because I know that there are there are there generally are people who are very confused on who they are as a person. And it makes a lot more sense if they just say, like, I don't know what my pronouns are, man. i like, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But at the same time, like if I don't want to hand out my pronouns at the beginning of a class, like, don't make me feel bad about it. Right.
0: Right. You know, I can understand how. Um, yeah, like and I'm, I'm just speaking personally like the whole per- pronoun thing like we have that going
1: on over here too and i just don't think about it i'm don't, I don't giving a second thought i i've gotten to the point where it doesn't bite me either like i just expected to be there and nine times out of ten it's not it's not uh it's not mandatory and if you know it always takes all of my willpower not to put down flying spaghetti monster or something ridiculous <laughs> Because I know that it's important to someone else. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So it's and one of those things like you, you put people in front of yourself. I think that that's that's lost a lot of things. Is that you can you can show empathy to someone, you can show someone kindness without yeah. showing weakness. Like me holding the door open for you doesn't mean that I think you're lesser. Uh, it means that I I want to be nice and hold the door open for you. Like yeah. don't don't read too much into it. Like right, or, right. or like. If I want to offer to buy you lunch, that doesn't mean that I don't think you could provide for yourself. Right. Let me let me provide. Let, like, it's that whole adage like, let, give me the opportunity to bless you. Yeah. Like, let, let me do that for you.
0: You're using those examples makes me curious. Like, where that thinking comes from? Like, have you had that 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 experience personally? Where if you hold a door open for somebody, like you you get attitude if you try
1: to buy it. You know, well, I will hold the door open for him, even if you look at me like I'm I the house. That's just who I am as a person. Right. I definitely have caught some And I've never had someone cuss me out for, for holding the door open for him. Um, there are certainly been certain cases where I've not directly been um, exposed to those type of things. Right. But I know that there have been vocal people who have made it apparent that those type of situations right. um, make them uncomfortable. Um, not necessarily. It's just kind of passing by, and like I, right. I'm an observer person, and so I notice these things. But again, like I, a lot of Honestly, this, sometimes dude,
0: is, I think that you're articulating something that a lot of people have issue with, which is that of perception and expectation. You know, so oh, like, yeah. You if if a person if if somebody perceives something to be a certain way, you know, perceives a, an interaction to be X, Y, or Z, you know, that's what you're thinking but it may not necessarily be the truth. Not to, not to take anything away with, from what you said, but I don't think you're the only person who experiences that. And, and, I, and I'm talking to this from, the, from, the, from the, the point of view of like, once again, we're talking about like the climate, the current climate, right? And the divisiveness that seems to exist in this climate and the polarity that seems to exist. I'm kind of a moron when it comes to this stuff. And I really do kind of just stay on autopilot most of the day. And I'm a bit oblivious to that stuff. If if nothing was said, then if if you have like if you have the door opening thing and and you believe that you perceive that in that awkward slide side eye thing that you perceive that to connect the dot with you are the dominant person, whatever it is that you explained just now, like you Oh yeah, I mean? Like it might not have
1: been that at all. It might have been, oh, yeah.
0: I, yeah, I, I, that, that I guess guy it didn't. Or gal might have just been checking you out. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, or they just having a bad day and they're like, "Oh, well, this guy opened the door for me. Whatever. Get out of my way." Like I have 15 finals that I have to take today. Right. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. have time for you to say thank you. Get out of my way. But you then can again, open could the could door for
0: But who knows? You and know? it doesn't
1: really matter. I mean, I, I, I've I, exactly. like, again, like you get to the point where you just. I'm on autopilot. Like, I'm I'm going to live the way that I want to go, that I can go to bed and be proud of who I was that day. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, even even having this conversation, you kind of opened my eyes. Like, well, have have you witnessed that? And I think about it. And, you know what? There's a lot of stuff that, like, I perceive that's going on around me and a lot of, uh, like, the chicken little sky is following stuff that I let go through my head and be like, ah, you know what? Like, I've, I've never been rounded up. I mean, uh, just because I've seen... And so often, like, we get to see the polar extremes of either side of that coin. Right. Uh, and, and I that, think the, the majority of us operate in that gray area between those two. Right. And I think that it takes conversations like the ones we're having right here to say, I don't know, we, we're, we're, there's maybe two or three sticking points between us that we'd say, well, I have to agree to disagree on that one. Right, right, right. But at the end of the day, like, we're not we're not incompatible. Right. Right. Um, and I think a lot of the stuff that we're seeing today, especially up uh, in my neck of the woods, is you see people on that extreme part of the thing. And I think that there's just a larger population where I live. Um, unfortunately, there's a large population of the other group, too, that just doesn't, that they're, yeah. they're oil and water.
0: Yeah. And that's where, that's, that's, that is a tricky, tricky mess, man. That is a, that's unfortunately a tricky mess, but uh, you know, I want to add this one last, this one thing also to that perception thing is that, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that you, you know, you kind of see it or understood my explanation behind that. And it kind of resonated with you, but you know, for anybody who's watching this, that perspective thing applies to everybody, (laughs) everybody, everybody, Yeah. And you know, let's let's you know, I'll 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 bring it to the racial tension issue, right? I won't personally. I can't discount or discredit anyone who experiences racial discrimination, um, uh, racism, outright racism. You know, has evidence of systematic racism. I think we all exist at that we all agree that those all those things exist in some form and in some fashion it's this is kind of a tricky thing too because the subtlety of racism is 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 also tricky you know it's very tricky there's there's some subtlety of that's that that's in there but the only power that we have to respond or the only power or not the only power but the real power or the big power that we have is to respond when it shows its ugly face then we respond and i think that's what you're talking about too it's like you show me a racist, or you show me racism, and we'll tackle it together. And I think there's—I think the majority of the country exists in that space where it's like, if you show me some wrongdoing, and you know, you put you put racism in that in that category of wrongdoing, then you will have a squad of allies that will help make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah, but. It's the subtleties, and the, once again, going back to the gray areas that get that exist in that subject, that are so hard to, um, it's so hard to conceptualize. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. For for people who have never experienced it before, my go-to—I'm uh, not going to share that story, but the point is, is that I think what once to go all the way back to why we're sitting here right now. I think the conversation between you and I is a good example of how we move forward as a country and as a people. We just sit and we talk.
1: <laughs> and it, I think that so much as sitting and talking is you know, we're having a more or less a face to face conversation. I mean yeah. obviously we're not in a position where even if even if we did have if we were in the same we can't sit down. I'm in I'm in Washington, you're in South Carolina. Like there's there's no way that we're going to be able to have a sit down six feet apart with masks on or not mm-hmm. uh, i think too many people's interactions too many people's meaningful interaction with people that they're instead of bumping into somebody at the at the marketplace or you know sitting down and having dinner and overhearing something being like well, I, I disagree with that or having like a forum uh, like a town hall or something like that like all this stuff is online like i could sit here and call like, every name under the sun like you can't do anything physical to me we can't have a conversation i can't have I'm, and I'm not saying that a disagreement should devolve into physical violence. Um, but so much of it is I can put whatever profile picture I want up on Facebook and call you every name underneath the sun, and call you stupid, and I never have to respond to that. Right. Um, I, I think that a lot of the miscommunication can be attributed to people's poor uh, use of amb- amb- ambiguity. Yeah, a lot of it is that you can just you can go screech into the ether at anybody who will listen. Right. And at the same point, you, you can you can go off and be playing Call of Duty for the next three days and not even look at this person. This he's wrote a whole essay out of why you're an idiot, and he goes screeching into the ether there. And then somebody like us, like oh well, this is how people talk to each other. And so you get down to the point that people just yell at each other in the streets. I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of ethics and a lot of just how people talk and be civil to each other. Be like, we, we can sit down. We have a conversation about hot topic issues, without it devolving into you're a Nazi or you're a communist.
0: That uh, a different group that I belong to. Somebody asked, like, kind of like, what, where, what, how did we end up where we are? And I was like, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, we put too much stock in this Facebook stuff, right? It used yeah. to be a place where, uh, of you know, where we could keep in touch with each other, and it was fun and whatever, but it it took it's taken up taking this ugly form and this ugly form and forum, that and we've invested too much stock into emotional stock into how we feel about what we read see and read on facebook okay. and it's it's really it's really essentially why i started this project in the first place too it's a, there's a lot of a lot of pe- There's a lot of parts to this project but a big one was one day I'm looking at Facebook and I've got the feeling that the world is falling apart and I have the conscious thought in my head is like, wait a minute, I know this guy and I know this girl and I know this guy and they're all cool people, you know, and we get yeah. along really well. I got to prove that to more people that the world's not falling apart and Facebook isn't the end all be all of, you know, it's, your, it's social networking, but it's not, it's just not the real world. You know, it's not the real world.
1: It's and a, we can't make it the real world. It's the interactions that we have between people uh, that you don't get in Facebook. You get sure. one sort of canned community in, in Facebook. And you have a little bits of variation of how stuff rolls and stuff like that. But eventually it all... I, I have not witnessed a Facebook community that has not devolved into a toxic uh, toilet bowl of conversation and, yeah. and name-calling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it only takes one person who doesn't care. The one, it only takes the Joker to show up in one the Facebook role, right? Yeah, it only takes <laughs> that one guy to completely ruin a space for you. Right. Um, it takes that and it takes Facebook and it, it just. And then it allows you to cut empathy out of the corner. Like, you don't. Yeah. You, it, it allows me to call you every name. Something that I can call you a name and it can get under your skin and I can watch you get physically upset enough that it. Um, and people just say oh no, no that's that's fine i have to deal with that i had a great conversation with my son the other day he was he was at uh he was playing with another kid um, and he ran up and they both tripped uh, they fell and they got road rash and he was really upset that he had hurt this person wow. truly and like truly disturbed that he had caused this person harm and i had to explain to him that you never have to apologize for having empathy like you need to hold on to that do not relish in hurting someone or something but more often like people do not put the stock but people don't have the sensitivity to know that those actions have consequences right and you see people that have had to deal with violence and their life a lot of the time like so yeah i don't know where we respond where we off from that one but I, I i do think that people have been desensitized to the consequences of their actions it is just like how your chief, how, how your chief friend was talking about, like family units operate differently. I mean, I, I live between, uh, I have a very hardworking, respectable Hispanic family over the side of me. I have another hardworking Arabic family, um, but instead of me, their families, my family, all three of us work completely different than each other, like completely different. Like it's a night and day difference between those, those three, three different demographics. I would happily like you knock on my door at three o'clock in the morning. Let's go fix whatever needs to get fixed. Right. Um, well, we're different, but that doesn't mean that we don't share enough commonality in order to to coexist. I mean, to love each other.
0: So yeah, it warms my heart to hear you say that. And you know, once again, the current, you know, the tensions being what they are, I really hope that. Anybody who might see this in the future, you know, and maybe nobody will, but I I always believe that somebody will eventually. Um, I hope they see that, you know, and they hear and they understand that we're all just people here. You and I are just demonstrating, you know, what it means to be two different people, having a conversation, who can agree on some things and disagree on others. Although I think this time we mostly agreed, and that was cool. But uh, who can, can come from two different places and have two different lives and two different experiences, et cetera, and, and just come from two totally different perspectives on various issues and we can talk through them and be hunky-dory.
1: I, I think the biggest, the biggest thing that... I think that we've been kind of been dancing around is that it, it's it's okay to be wrong it's okay to say hey i've been i've been given substantial information and i've changed my mind on this this point of view yeah and that doesn't make you weak either so do you i mean, think
0: you you know you said that twice do you think that's a
1: rel a, a relatively pertinent issue like weakness i think i can only speak from how i perceive how i again back to perception right. how i perceive um how other men kind of present themselves against other yeah. people uh, even when you have like i mean even especially right now if i can pull up if i can go th- scroll through your facebook tweet on everything that you've especially you've been vocal on your uh political or whatever social sure. agenda like if i can go back and i can categorize and write an essay on every every single point that you've ever made like what you said in 2012 like there's i mean that's almost 10 years of of <laughs> of, of, of life experience like i like, it's not unreasonable to think that you your mind has changed on this subject, or that what you said in 2012 might have been more relevant in that context than it is in 2020. Uh, I I think that it's it, that does play a huge part. Is that it's it's okay to put yourself in a place where you're vulnerable and say, hey, like I, I don't know, like it's okay to say that I'm ignorant on this stuff, you're right? Like I, I I mean I I remember we had this conversation. Like I, I have really struggled with the process of, of thought process of what white privilege is. Just because, like, I'm not used to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I come from a place where you work hard and that you earn the things that you get. Right. Um, I, I think there are certain situations where, like, my interactions in some cases, like, are different than other people's. Like, I mean, I, 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 the one, the one concession that I have for white privilege is probably police interaction, um, and then that's that's only with like a handful of police officers in my situation like I think that there's always going to be good cops and there's always going to be bad cops um and I think that those bad cops unfortunately get to interact with um interact people with an unprofessional manner and I think that we should suss those cops out and I don't I don't think that they should be allowed to enforce laws Mm. again that's my that's my perception I'm like I don't again like I don't know what it's like to wake up and put a badge and a gun on, and be like, "Okay, might not say it tonight, honey. Later."
0: You know, yeah, the white privilege thing—it's—it's it's tough to—it's tough to articulate and really put into words, right? And most of it is feeling, some of it's intuition, that sort of stuff. And you know, it, it's not—it's definitely not black and white. <laughs> I guess it kind of is, but either way, you know, it's not. <laughs> but either way, you know. i I understand where you're coming from and you know thinking about thinking about you know your you know your your perspective where you come where you come from you know and your background stuff like that i can understand how it would be difficult to to understand or fathom but um it's not it's not really something it's not really something that i'd be comfortable talking about you know right right now or Whatever, you know, like you and I can talk about different stuff off I don't wanna I don't wanna seem like cowardly, you know, by avoiding this thing. But it no, goes back it, it goes back to the it goes back to the gray area that
1: I was talked that, that kinda yeah. alluded to. I don't know how this social contract exists. The point is is that people need to be willing to say, I don't know enough about a topic in order to have an informed enough opinion to tell you one way or the other. Right. I think so much of our emphasis, especially I would argue within the United States is like you need to have an answer for something. Someone asks you a question like you need to have an opinion, on and I think it takes a strong enough person. That's a to good say, point. Yeah, a strong enough person to say, I don't know, man. I don't know, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know, yeah. And like, please tell me what you think. I'll tell you what I think. Yeah, and I, I think that too many too many times people get caught up in the I need to change your mind yeah. versus like let me present you some information. And I will let you yeah. be an autonomous human being yeah. and decide what you want to think. Yeah,
0: I think I think you made a very, very valid point there. Everything is like go or no go. Once again, black, black or white, yes or no. But there's nothing wrong with saying I don't know. I think, in a nutshell, there's this there's this fascination of being right. I gotta be right, right? Gotta be right. I think it's the two. One, you have to have an answer, just like you said, have to have an answer. And two, I have to be right. And anybody who disagrees with me has to be has to be wrong. And not only do they have to be wrong, they have
1: to feel bad about being wrong. <laughs> yep. It's okay to disagree on something that isn't that you can't factually prove that is wrong on like, on like matters of opinion. You don't have to be right and right on matters of opinion. Like, right. is mayo better or is Miracle Whip better? Like, mayo is better because X, Y, and Z. You know, Miracle Whip's better because W, X, and T. Yeah. Uh, like, well, studies uh, show. Uh, studies show that mayonnaise is better for you <laughs> Like, yeah, but Miracle Whip is better for the economy. And it's like, <laughs> talking about sandwich bread, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Just go with what you like. <laughs> put all what, Put what you want on your sandwich. Uh, you can enjoy your sandwich you know what i will buy a jar of both and you can tell me which one you want on your sandwich and we could cohabitate perfectly <laughs> and i like i mean it, it, that's a very simplized yeah. situation um but yeah like it's okay to be wrong it's okay to offer your evidence and it's okay for someone to say like i see your evidence and i think it's bunk like it, 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 you're, you're right like there, you people wanted me to answer they want to be right they want to win they wanna have that feather in the cap said, I'm gonna chalk a W up in this corner, and this person has to take the L and I am so much better than this person. Everybody look at me, I'm the best.
0: Yeah. But that doesn't have to be the case. It's okay to be wrong. It's gonna be wrong. It's okay it's to okay have It's to say I don't know. It's okay not to know. Yep. All right, buddy. Well, you know what? I there's there's one thing I wanna address before before we close out here, and that's your background. Who's uh? Where'd you get that background from?
1: <laughs> I, I I painted this. That's that pretty amazing. cool. Yeah.
0: That's pretty neat. Yeah. And you're not. I think you said earlier you're not. This isn't uh, a I, second I business it. or anything like that.
1: I get bored and I paint. It makes me feel better to put it away. I haven't painted in a while because I felt pretty good.
0: I like what you got there. Is that a? Is that supposed to be like a sunset or did you just? Uh, I'll send you the whole the-
1: picture. It's it's got a. I don't even know what it is, man. Like I get a, I get a, I get a brain, brain thing of like, yeah, this is what you want to paint. I'm like, all right, let's go. But it's for not it. a, it's not a, it's not a, a, it's not a picture. A, it's not nothing. It's just cause you
0: just put the colors together.
1: Just put the colors. It, I like it. That's cropped down because when I took the picture, you could see the outline and stuff. I'll send you the whole one if you want. To look that at looks it. Nice. I like it. It's like got it. a, it's got like a rolling hills thing on the bottom, and it's. I guess the colors are pretty close to maybe a, a red sunset or something like that. Uh, I think it's beautiful. I think it's cool, mm-hmm. man. Good job. Thank you.
0: I didn't prep you for this next question, but I <laughs> always ask—I I always ask my guests one question before we close out each episode. And I don't prep you because I'm looking for a genuine answer, something, something genuine. Um, if there was one piece of advice, one piece of information, just whatever it is that you could share with anybody who might be listening. What would that one thing be?
1: Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And love your neighbor as yourself.
0: That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I like it. That's right. Love your neighbor. Love
1: your, that's what popped in my head first thing. There are lots of things I could tell you, but that's probably the most most important.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing that, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Me being a person of a Christian faith, those are very prominent and um, important Commandments, straight from the man. Yep. So, well, thank you for sharing them. I really appreciate that. No worries, man. All right. So this has been this way out. Huge thanks to uh, David Bennett for spending some time with me. Um, if you liked this episode, you want to see future episodes. You know the drill. Click like, subscribe. Click the bell. And I think there's like a notifications thing there. Like you got to click all. Some people have been, you know. Giving me some feedback that when I put out new episodes, they don't get notifications. So when you click that little bell, make sure you're you've got all selected. Um, the podcast form, well, this episode, as you're seeing it right now, is going to be available on YouTube. The podcast version will be available on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Castbox, iHeartRadio. So if you got if you're listening to podcasts, you can find it on any one of those platforms, plus the This Way Out website dispo-life.com don't forget that if you want to support This Way Out you can buy yourself a t-shirt help me spread the follow um, focus on the good message Uh, you can get that from reallydesigns.biz it's a veteran owned business reallydesigns.biz plus I've got Patreon you can be a patron of This Way Out now isn't that cool only costs two bucks a month and you get to say hey but uh Once again, thank you again, David. I appreciate your time, buddy.